Fraser looking to get close side of Fon. Lefondra away from David. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, I think we're going to have a quick look today at a selection of things. We're going to have a look at the players that we've signed. We're going to have a look at Ruben Sellers. We're going to make some predictions. Some of them would be the standard ones. Some of them would be a little bit more fun because as Reading fans, we do need that. So I've also been joined by Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's a bit of a shame that we're on an international break this weekend with like the lovely weather outside. Feels like the start of the season type weather, really. And we've got no football to go to. Well, no Reading game, at least, to go to, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I'm not missing it. But then I'm sat here recording a podcast about Reading FC. So that is a weird paradox. I can't work that one out. <laughs> Matt, how are you doing? Hot. Very hot. Yeah, no, all good. <laughs> um, missing the football. Um, yeah, you know, I think we all, we all want football on the Saturday, don't we? So, um, yeah, we're here to talk about it instead. Yeah, let's put ourselves through some more misery. Why not, hey? No, it won't be like that. We're going to try and keep it as upbeat as possible. So I think what we do is we start with the new signings that we made in the summer. Now we've had a little bit of a chance to see them. Let's start with Charlie Savage because he's played the most minutes this season, 504. What are our initial thoughts on him, Alex, so far? I think so far he's been good, not great. Uh, I, I think it's probably fair. He's he's played well in some games. Parts of it has parts of the games have kind of over like you know gone past him um, without him really being too influential. Um, but you can see the talent there. I think he's. He's one which is probably going to improve as the season goes on, I think. And I think we'll we'll see him kind of influence more games and, and be more of a, I guess, a natural leader on the ball as the season progresses, I hope. Yeah, let's hope so. I hope so. I mean, when I say those minutes, I mean just in the league. What do you think on him so far, Matt? Because I think he's shown like what a typical young player would show. He's a, he's a little bit in and out. But overall, I, I think he's been pretty OK. I just love him for the tactical foul that he did at Cambridge, to be honest. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, he's been solid so far, um, Savage. You know, I think we're all excited when he came in the name and everything. You know, he had a brilliant first interview. You could tell he'd, he'd, he was experienced and kind of he'd been in a good setup for quite some time. You know, obviously being in the United setup since he was... Um, well, I think pretty much all of his youth career, wasn't he? And um, I think he started fine. I think with a lot of the players, I know we'll come on some of them, you know, we're going to hopefully see them develop, you know, not, they were never going to be ones that were going to be game changers, I guess, from the beginning. You're seeing flashes of real quality from Savage can control a game, knows where the space is, knows where to turn away. I think he, to, he just needs to start taking more risks. That's one thing that the midfield has kind of failed to do, I guess, in the past few weeks take those risks, try and progress the game, just grip it by the scruff of the neck, really, you know, and just really try and push forwards. But, you know, he's 20 at the end of the day. There's still a lot in him as a player. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops, really. No, I would agree with uh, all of that. I think a little bit of the risk is also not having the right players around him in the moment, completely the right setup and understanding of each other, which is understandable, is basically a whole new team, Alex, isn't it? Um, 
it, it is hard to kind of criticize so many of these or yeah i wouldn't want to criticize any of the young players because they've come into a really really tough situation yeah i mean the sellers at the fans forum the other day was saying around how they've, how they've had to come in as a as a unit and there's i think 16 signings or something like that we've made in total if you include a few of the under 21s who've joined and they've all had to kind of step up together so it's not really a situation or scenario where you can praise one without praising them as a unit because they have ultimately performed together as a unit and come through exactly the same time pretty much um and then obviously it's difficult to also then criticize them singularly or or individually i think as well because actually again the whole way that we're playing at the minute is is very much kind of a case of when the team does well we do well and when the team doesn't do the job we don't do well so it's difficult to see like individual mistakes being something that we should be criticizing too much i think so far and um yeah i think it's a, it's a scenario which is just a bit different and quite unique because of the fact that we've bought through what seven or eight players into the first team at the same time who've, who've never really played first team football for yeah i'd say we wouldn't often say that in football something's unique but i'd say this bordering must be very close to it <laughs> it must be because it's uh such a situation you wouldn't normally do but let's move on to david button and um a goalkeeper who came in with a, a lot of criticism before he arrived as all goalies seem to do when they come to reading I think he's been excellent, I've got to say. I, I can't remember a mistake he's made. And what's your thoughts on him, Matt? Yeah, he's been fine. You know, he's been he's he's been fine. He's done kind of what, what he's been called upon to do, you know. Um you know, after a bit of a shaky first game at, you know, Port Vale, um, has kind of come on really well so far. You know, I think no no complaints really. It, it, it worries me a bit, obviously, when he takes a bit of time on the ball. But I think, you know, it's becoming more and more prevalent with keepers, isn't it? Playing playing the ball with their feet, they almost have to be, you know, um, passers. And yeah, he's, I can just see him being closed down at some point to, to 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 concede a goal. But apart from that, you know, he's done everything he's 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 needed to do. You know, I think came in, you know, with rightfully, I think, a bit of you know trepidation with fans because you kind of look at what he did at um, uh, West Brom and kind of prior, you know, that that. that were question marks but you can see his experience and he's been good for I think that back line that he's brought in I think uh one thing is it does show why he's been brought in as well his first four or five games and you know perhaps fans aren't quite as um tuned into the everyday goings on at the club as, as people might like to think um sometimes obviously like outside you know on social media we all were mainly of the opinion that we didn't need to we could get by potentially with Boyce Clark and, and Andreas in goal this season. And obviously the club have fought differently and brought in, you know, an experienced goalkeeper who's basically bringing the average age up of the team by about four years, it seems. Um, and it, it, it seems like after the first, what, four or five games that we've seen him, you can see why they've brought him in as well. It's because they, they need some experience in the team and, and having it sitting behind a very young defensive line is just giving them that kind of confidence that if they do make a mistake, it's not just a case of, oh, we've, you know, we've screwed it and we've conceded because actually we've got a player behind us who's 
who's able to understand the situations has been in it before and seen that kind of seen things happen um and it's not someone who's being thrown in for their you know what might be their first game or you know first couple of games in in boys clark or first couple of games for the club for andreasen and uh yeah i can can definitely appreciate the signing more now that we've seen him play i think yeah i i think so as well i mean if you look at some of the other signings that we've made, like Harvey Nibs, he's got one goal away at Exeter. He's an interesting one so far. Um, when initially I saw Harvey, I thought he's going to run a lot. He's going to be a complete team player, but you need some other players around him to bring that little bit of quality. I'm not saying he's absolutely dreadful because I don't think that at all. I think he's absolutely fine. But you need the someone like Kelvin as doing so far and possibly a Sam Smith. But Matt, what are your thoughts on... Harvey so far? Positive, I'd say. Um, you know, which, uh, again, I, th- I feel we're going to be going going over these players and kind of being quite positive about them because, you know, I can't really think of too many, you know, negatives um, really about him. I think the only thing he needs to develop is a bit, bit of quality, you know, know, know what to do with the ball when he gets into the final third, etc. But, I mean, we're going to be saying that about a lot, a lot of players at this level. Right, you know, it's the level that we're at. We're in League One. If they could do that, they'd probably be in a higher level. Um, maybe not go anonymous in games a bit. You know, I think Cambridge was probably his, his, his worst worst game so far. Maybe that was a bit of you know nostalgia. You know, when you look back at his time there last year, etc. But you know, when, when when you just talk about one game, you know that that, that he's not being brilliant in out of um, uh, what's it now six or so that he's played, six seven that he's played. Yeah, he's been fine you know I think w- when more of the team comes comes back when he's got a bit more quality around him you know maybe when um I've forgotten his name the Southampton striker that that, that 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 that's come in um you know you've got a few more options up top maybe he'll start to flourish um you know a bit more the one thing I think with Nibs which does give me a little bit of cause for concern with him is is although he runs a lot he doesn't track very well sometimes um and he has left the left back exposed at points um certainly at Cambridge and, and I think in other games as well so far this season he does leave the left back slightly exposed just from playing so high um and whether that's a tactical whether that's just him like you know not realizing that he needs to cover his you know cover a inexperienced left back um Exeter was very much the same in the first half. I mean, Carson, bless him, was he was always facing a two on one, and you know you, you can finish that half and say that Carson did badly. But I mean, when you're facing a two two on one each time, he's going to struggle. And exactly, it's it's the same if you put Guinness Walker in there or or whoever. Really, they're going to struggle if it's two on one. But yeah, that's that's just my one cause for concern with Nibs. I do think he he puts himself about a lot, um, and I do think he he he. He's going to improve with better players in front of him um, to be able to link off of, certainly. Yeah, I think um, when we talk about his tracking back, I think with his mentality, you'd hope that would improve because he shows it in all other areas, doesn't he? So I'd be surprised if he doesn't like pick that up and get better there. I'm going to pick out one more new signing that we've had because some of them haven't played much, like Lewis Wing hasn't played. Sam Smith, Lewis Wing has played a few games, but not much. Sam Smith. No, we haven't seen anything in during the league. Tyler Binden. Now, have you ever seen a player come in that young and make an impact like that? I mean, Matt, you're just smiling when I mention his name, aren't you? I mean, he's obviously been out injured for a little bit, but wow. I mean, it says that, I mean, you look at him, he doesn't look like an 
a massive bloke for League One. Some of them are really huge. But airily, he's been absolutely brilliant in the two games. So the sooner he gets back, the better, isn't it? I mean, he's 18. So it's like, you know, I don't think he's ever going to look big, is he? You know, he's he still got so much development to, 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 to go through. You know, he looks quite, quite, quite thin, you know, lanky, not much to him, you know, a bit of skin and bone, really. And, that, and that's it. But I mean, on the ball, he's been fantastic. Um, you know, the calmness kind of really countered Nelson Abbey really well, you know, and kind of when when you've got an 18 year old that's coming to the team, everyone's now kind of saying that once he's left the team, oh, can't wait to get him back, can't wait to get him back in. That says a lot about the player, I think. You know, I, I think we need to be a bit careful though with him as well and not try and overhype him because you know he's 18. Um, you know, it, <laughs> for someone to come in and play 40 games of professional football in his first season will be incredibly hard. You know, um, both mentally, physically, you know, for, for him, if he does that, that's pretty sensational, I'd say. You know, and you'll really see that you've got a real player on your hands. But going back to when we signed him, I mean, Alex, we were joking, or you were joking at the time, saying that I, I, like, I'm not sure why we're giving this uh, this under 23 so much uh, so much airtime and interviews. Yeah, I mean, certainly when he signed, I was kind of under the impression it's like I oh, was signing another under 23 player. I don't really understand why he's like got. A- whatever it was, 10-minute interview on the club site. But definitely when he, you know, when he signed, the club must have cut, must have had the impression that they, they want to be straight in the first team because they gave him, a, you know, quite a low squad number for an 18-year-old. And obviously that normally indicates the fact that you're going to get game time. Um, and, you know, straight away he's in the side and he's performing. And by all accounts, like every single game he's played so far, it, he's been impressive. Um, I think... You know, Abby obviously is going to get all the headlines being taken over to captaincy and being a Reading Academy product, etc. But Tyler Binden is equally, I think, as impressive as as Abby and two years younger, or 18 months younger, I think, than, than Abby. Um, and, you know, still got a lot of potential to develop further and, and improve. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Nelson and Abby, even though he obviously is not a new signing. He's been in the academy since he was probably a fetus. But um, uh, it's quite incredible that he's come in and he's taken over the captaincy in a club in such a turbulent situation. And I think he's been excellent. Yeah, he has made some mistakes, but that's inevitable, isn't it? But I also think he's had some really, really impressive displays as well, Matt. He has. And I mean, I think he's come on, he's come into the captaincy um, brilliantly. You know, I, it's, it's it's weird. I think everyone was, you know, looking at Dorset, you know, to be the one to be coming coming through. And he's the one that's kind of, you know, going to gonna really stake his claim to the team this season, being the one that's been out on loan and that. But Abby seems to be a player that's been in the squad for so long, really. And yet he's only 19. It's a really... Um, strange one, really, or not not strange, but kind of impressive one, really, because I think he must have made his debut at about seventeen or so. I think, um, I think it was Lute, was it Luton away? I think in the FA Cup under Paunovic, you know. Um, but I mean, his all his all round game is, you know, you'd only hope is going to improve, and you know, there, there there are little mistakes in there, but there's so much that you can look at Abby and be admire, or like admire, you know, his pace, his ability to cover as well. So, sometimes the balls. The ball's been given away. Maybe a player is, you know, beating Carson on the left, but he's just over so quickly. And his, his pace, I, I'm not really sure the last time we had a properly quick defender like 
like Nelson Abbey. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him more and more. And I think the interesting thing at Cambridge was that when Yeardham came on um, for the first time, Abbey stayed as captain and finished as captain. So will that continue? I guess we'll have to see when when Andy Yeardham starts a starts a game. I think the club would probably be be best just to kind of keep it under wraps. I think if they do change anything, just keep the cohesion and stuff. But you know, he's been so impressive so far. He, he, I, I don't think you can not not be impressed by the way he's coming to the team really and um, state state his claim there. I think to add to that, Alex. I mean, you you I assuming you're a member of the Nelson Abbey fan club. Uh, yeah, I mean, how can you not be really? It's like, how can you come into come into the first team, take the captaincy, uh, and just basically run with it, and you know, not have a, a fan club of basically every single Reading fan out there? And um, yeah, I think he's been fantastic. And um, you know, long may long may it continue that he's our like first choice centre back and first name on the team sheet every week. I think. I mean, really, I think it goes a long way when, uh, is, is it five we've conceded now? I think in six, you know, you've gone for a, from very leaky defence. I mean, yes, they probably need to do a bit more to try and see out see out games. You can make that argument. But, you know, I mean, Binden and Abbey started with what it was, three clean sheets in a row when they came into the team, you know. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, you know, they can, um, can, can pick it up. But I think certainly defensively, I think it's been a markable kind of, increase from last year that's not hard or the seasons prior really when you look at our defensive record then um it certainly gives you encouragement i think going into the rest of the season that you know that we're not getting smashed in games we're not conceding you know three four five or seven you know as we had been known to do um yeah sorry to bring that one back paul um um, but but yeah you know i think I think that goes a long way to kind of say how these young kids have really come in and, you know, they're not experienced players coming in. They're young academy graduates, really, realistically, you know, that, that, that have come through and kind of brought this improvement. If we just look at the whole transfer window as a whole, I don't really think in the situation that we were in, Alex, that Mark Bowen, Brian Carey, some of it probably did go back to uh, oh, Jared Dublin. Was that his name, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe God almighty. Um, it was like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it's like yeah. met him. Um, but I don't think we could have done much more, could we? Yeah, I, I mean it's I don't think it's a perfect window, but it's a really good window. Um I think it's as good as we could have got yeah, and yeah. maybe slightly better. Is it ideal as in like we've signed filled in all the holes? No, I don't think we have. No. No, but I, I think maybe they've been bailed out slightly by the fact that the youth players are extremely talented and have come in and, and performed straight away. And all of a sudden the squad looks like it's, you know, able to compete because it's got six youth players in it who we, nobody was really considering would be able to do that in summer. Um, that obviously helps a lot, I think, and making the transfers look better, if that makes sense, or making the whole transfer window look better because we haven't had to go out and fill those six spots. Um, but I, I think overall, you know, both um, Brian Carey and Mark Bowen must have, you know, done a fantastic job in terms of selling the club to, to players um, over summer. It's, I don't think it could have been an easy job, but they they must have done a really good job because of the amount of the amount of players that we've managed to sign, especially from bigger clubs. You know, obviously Charlie Savage is coming from Man United, and Ben Elliott's coming from Chelsea. Um, Clinton Mola's coming from well Germany, but was at Chelsea previously. I think there must be, you know, it feels like there's a 
plan of, you know, we're going to go out, we're going to target youngsters from from big academies who are, haven't necessarily made the grade there and, and try and basically give them their first first go at, at you know, professional men's football. And it, not every not every one of them is going to work, but hopefully the ones, you know, the ones that do work really do pay off. And you can, you know, in a year's time, two years' time, whenever, you either end up getting yourself further up the leagues or you have these assets that you can sell for millions of pounds and be able to then, you know, trade it up and, and do it again. Yeah, the ability to have tradable assets is absolutely huge for the club. And as I think we've all said for years now, that is the way how the uh, club should be run. But it appears to be set up in that way now. We will see how that happens over the next few years. But Matt, what's your thoughts on the window? I mean, yeah, kind of echoing what, what, what Alex says, it's kind of the first season really since I guess um the the one and only really season that Bryant Everton had as um you know sporting director way back when you know in uh, 1617 when you know, we were bringing the likes of Liam Moore um uh John Swift you know young players there were a few you know risky signings in there um which, which you know eventually didn't come off but you could see what they were trying to bring in they were trying to bring in young players that had experience at higher levels you know or came from from good academies um and they've They've kind of done the same this year, really. They're, they're, they've obviously mixed it with a bit of experience with, you know, Harley Dean, who I think as well we've not talked about, but has been pretty solid so far. You know, you, you know, we're we'll waxing lyrical about um, Abby and um, Binden, but I think you know we're doing a bit of a disservice to, to Harley Dean because I think he's been been fine. Only he could have scored scored that header against Cambridge, but um, you know, I think on on the whole, really, it's been been really good. You can see what they're trying to do. You can see the players they're trying to bring in, and also the way they've crafted deals. You know, the Savage deal, the Ben Elliott deal, I think will be very similar to the Savage deal with, you know, um, obviously the parent club has kind of let them go, let them try and improve. And they've got a sell-on fee, you know, with it probably quite hefty. But, you know, I mean, if if, if we end up having, you know, a two and a half, three, four, five million pound player there, we're still getting a good amount of kind of money there. And we can hopefully put on a sell-on fee um, on top of it. It's all just going back to that rebuilding the club culture right you know and actually stabilizing it and building a bit for the future i think one area i would say that maybe maybe you could criticize uh the club this summer is we, we we've just struggled to get rid of players a little bit um and it's maybe understandable because obviously like didn't really have many left did we <laughs> well i mean even the ones that are left they haven't necessarily played well they are on relatively high wages, but it's that's the one area where we've now got a little bit of like a a small issue, I guess. Right? Um, they've obviously managed to to shift on Andy Carroll, and, and Dean Bazanis has, has left and on loan. We've still got Tom Holmes, we've still got Guinness Walker, Ovi Jari is still here. Like, I'm not saying that we could have sold all these players instantly or for money or anything like that, but there's always options out there to move on players if you don't want to have them around somehow. Uh, I mean, realistically, though, we only had six or eight players in the summer. Uh, Novi Ajari is permanently injured. No one's going to want him. You know, uh, it's. Uh, I, I think we'll have to wait and see before we start saying about the moving players on, I think, with with, with, with this group of... Um, or, well, with, with, with Mark Bowen and that. I think it's a... You know, there's not really... There wasn't enough players or sellable kind of assets to, I think, say that it's you know an area for an improvement well 
yeah me. that's the thing isn't it with all these podcasts when you're looking at transfer windows you don't really know until 18 months later you can kind of gauge it on mood slightly but as running a podcast we can talk utter bollocks about them so this is what we specialize in this is what we do and we're very very don't know we're we good or bad at it probably both so I'm going to mix it up slightly now. But first of all, I'm going to say we have actually made another signing today in Joel Pereira, the goalkeeper who's been hanging around for the last six weeks or two months. I mean, I say hanging around. That makes it sound a bit bad. But it feels like they've locked him in a cupboard and eventually they've decided just to let him out. But yes, he is ours now on a one-year deal and the option of another. Will he play a match? That will be the ultimate irony, is that he hangs around for all these months and never, ever dons the magnificent... Reading FC shirt. So let's do a fun prediction now. First penalty. When do you think this will happen, Alex? I've got one in my head. I've got a scenario. What are you going to say? I'm going to go for. Um, well, are we saying first penalty that we score? Because that could be a while based off of those. Ipswich <laughs> yeah, penalties. got it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Kelvin will score a penalty against. Charlton next month away from home in front of the Reading fans like there'll be 2,000 Reading fans at Charlton or something like that and Kelvin will Kelvin will stick a penalty away Mr Lansley what is your prediction on this and I really do hope that we're winning by a big margin David Button scores just <laughs> just for your reaction <laughs> um oh it's a bit of a bollocks prediction isn't it this um I'm gonna I'm going to say we're not going to have a penalty for a while, I don't think. Um, I'm going to say Carlisle at home. They're going to travel all of that way and they're going to see a penalty in the eighth minute and concede. Wow. That is, that's a long journey for that, isn't it? Sorry to any Carlisle fans at this, because I've just like, really? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't mean they're going to lose, though. It's just a penalty. Let's hope they do, but um, uh, we will see. I'm going to go against Oxford United. I'm going to say it's 2 all. Big Kelvin steps up. Does the most audacious penalty ever by back healing it in and then just goes into the Oxford fans and just goes, sticks both his fingers up and says, have that, you bastards. (laughs) So, yeah, this is what I'm hoping for. But I'm not sure that full scenario will come. But we can live in hope, can't we, Matt? We'll give you credit if you get some of it right. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. If, if, if you do get it right, it's good. that's impressive. I'd rather see Sam Smith do that personally against Oxford. That would be even sweeter. If he comes back and just, just does a massive knees, do, doesn't have yeah, you right, actually. In many ways, that would be better because, yeah, they do hate him, don't they? For some yeah. reason, you know. Yeah, and he's, not and he's got history of overzealous yeah. celebrating against them. So, come on. <laughs> come on, Sam. Right, then. Let's get on to Ruben Sellers. He's obviously had a few matches now. Is it eight matches in total, including the Cup? He's inherited the club that, as we've said before, even on this podcast, is a bit of a mess. He can't sign any players for any fees. He's still going to be judged as a manager, though, by his decisions the further we go into the season, Alex. What's your initial thoughts on him as a person as well as not just as a manager? Um, As a person, he's quite likeable as a person. Like, he talks about the game in a very kind of intelligent manner he, he gives a bit of he gives a bit of chat which gives you the impression that he knows what he's talking about um 
I guess that can be seen as both a positive and a negative because sometimes you get these people and these managers who can talk the talk and can't necessarily walk the walk. And I think in game so far, you can start to see what he wants to do with the team in bits and pieces of play. It hasn't necessarily kind of like all come through yet. And I don't think it's, it's definitely not fully developed. Um, And I mean, he said it at the fans forum on, during the midweek around the fact that he thinks that the second half of the season is going to be much better than the first half because the players are going to be much more adept and uh, used to his system and, and probably a lot fitter by that point as well, which is something that he he has said is that, you know, to play this system, it, it requires a lot of fitness. Um, so, I mean, I've been impressed by him in the most part. I think there's elements which you look at and you think, I worry slightly. Um, one of the questions that came from the fans forum was around, will you, you know, will you change your formation at any point in the season? Will you like adapt? And he was very like, um, he was very not stubborn necessarily, but he was very kind of like pointed in saying, no, our, our formation is going to be the same. It's going to be four, two, two, two. Yes. People will move differently. Like the wing backs might not sit so high, the forwards might not press so high, but ultimately the structure stays the same. Um, I don't know how I feel about that yet. I, I don't know whether that's like something which I'm gonna look back on in six months time and be like, why? Like, why wouldn't you want to adapt a bit if you if you need to, um, or whether it, you know the formation just works um, and he is able to adapt within the game. So we'll wait and see. But I so far, overall, kind of like I'm I'm impressed, but I'm also hesitant to say he's the best thing since sliced bread. I'll make my previews a heck of a lot easier if I don't have to keep keep changing the uh, style of play each time. So uh, I'm all for that at the moment, I think. <laughs> um, I, I think they're one sellers. You know, I think, to be honest... I think when you when you look at kind of each element of the club that he's had to kind of take over in isolation, he probably had the biggest recipe for disaster, really, this season. You know, relegated, relegated club. Um, very few players left in contract um, uh, of, of players, no sellable assets, transfer embargoes, HMRC, you know, knocking down the door, an incompetent and invisible owner. Um, and then, again, not bashing the signings because you know we've we've said very good things about them but he has probably one of the youngest squads that or starting squads that probably a team has seen in the last five or so years I'd say you know I mean when do you see a team starting with an average age of 21 there's going to be mistakes there there's going to be or need to there's going to need to have to be patient to let that team adapt and everything and he also had no pre-season with them so kind of when you when you put everything together for sellers, he's probably been dealt the worst hand possible. And I know we were saying the exact same last year, really, weren't we, um, at the start of the season? But somehow it's worse, you know. Um, and you're in a league that has um, or has a lot of physicality with a young team, with a new manager, um, more games, more games. As well. Exactly, you know. So it's like you know, there's there's so many things here that I think like. 
I've seen people, you know, almost, you know, questioning the the, the appointment. And, oh, should we be thinking about sacking the manager already? And it's like, well, what what manager could have even come in and done a better job than really re- realistically what Sellers, you know, said? I mean, we said it in the previous um, podcast after after the Cambridge game. You know, we we're all saying um, pre-season we're going to have to judge this team after September. You know, after the first four six weeks of the season, because Sellers hasn't had a preseason, he's not had time to to bomb the team, gel it, to get his philosophy fully over. They've not been able to get the fitness up pre season to play his high intensity style of football. You could see that in the first few games that he had. You know, pretty much almost being on their knees after forty five minutes. So when you when you kind of look at that and what Sellers actually been able to do, you can see the style of play he wants to wants to you can see a pretty good cohesion you know i mean realistically we've seen more cohesion in this team more style of play than we saw an entire season under under he who shan't be named you know um so again that's probably not hard and saying that he's done better than him is probably not a good indictment but um, no disrespect paul Ince, but yes yeah, yeah, you, you, you weren't keeping us up, Paul. No matter what you want to say in a fucking article, I mean, just get out of here, please. Um, <laughs> sorry, the flashbacks and red mist. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I think yes, it's harder in reality when you see your team only winning two of the first first what, six games, you know. But we need to be patient. We've got a really good crop of players here, and I think we do have a good, ma- a really good manager for the level we're at. We've certainly got a coach you know, someone who can actually improve these players. And when we've got young players that, you know, hopefully we're going to go on and sell and get a bit of money for, that's really actually one of the key things you're going to want. You're not going to want really, you know, the the best tactician who can't improve players. We're going to want someone who's, who's going to improve players um, at the end of the day. So, um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll start seeing it pick up in the next uh, in the next few weeks. But as we kind of said in the last podcast, it's a tough run coming up. Oh, I thought you were going to say something there, Alex, but no. I thought something profound was going to come from the Everson, but I was waiting for it and it didn't happen. Maybe it'll come up in a moment. So I think a couple of things I've been thinking about. The line that Seller said at the start evening recently is that he's learned to live day by day at Reading FC. As a manager, I mean, that you've got no foundations to work on. The whole club is still slightly built on sand, isn't it? Go on, Alex. Yeah. So one of the things he said is that uh, he got asked a question around like, what's a good, what's a good season for Reading this season? And he, he really couldn't give an answer um, he, because he, he, I don't think he knows. And I don't really think it's, I mean, this was, a, it was a question I was really interested in the answer to as well. And, and because I think fans opinions is very, very varied. Um, expectations are very varied. Some people are just like, well, if we've managed to finish in, 18th place and and you know consolidate in league one and that's you know more than more than what i'd have expected at the start of the season others think that we're going to be able to push for a playoff spot it's the kind of the the variation in expectations is is wild um and then you listen to sellers and he has no idea as to what the target is or at least he's not going to give it away um and i think part of that reason obviously is because he doesn't know what's going to happen going forwards. Um, we could get to January and be able to go and, you know, sign four loan players from Premier League teams, but we could get to January and be not allowed to sign any loan players. He doesn't know 
because he's got no real indication as to like what the future is looking like all the time, um, which of course makes it really difficult. So I think it's it's a really tough environment for him to try and quell expectations, but also meet expectations of, of fans at the same time when the fan base is just so it's got such a big range of, of what they are expecting this season. Yeah, I mean, we'll come on to our predictions on where we think we're going to finish. So that will set us up for that one. But for me, I just think it's really hard for him, isn't it? I mean, I, I can't I can't see any way that we'd be near the top of the league, unfortunately. But we will find out as the season progresses. I think Ruben comes across really well. I think he's a very likeable person, as I think you've both said. I think he seems to be... I think he has a lot of... As any manager will have, they will have complete and utter faith in what they're doing. It doesn't matter if it doesn't work, to be honest, because then they will say, well, people didn't apply it properly. I mean, you look at the Cambridge game only on Monday and his first thoughts and after the match were, that, well, we didn't stick to the system. And he probably was right there, but I think that's maybe an indication of players that aren't able to do that. And when they feel a little bit of pressure, they didn't crumble at all but they don't quite stick to what they should be doing. There was a period in the second half when we decided to stick to the plan and we looked a lot better. That could be combined with Kelvin coming on. So he hasn't always got the tools to actually work. I quite like him, but I do feel, as we said a few weeks ago, I feel like this is the end of his preseason now. And I feel that going into the next games after the international break, this is when it starts for him. I mean, what do you both think on that quickly? You go first, Matt. I completely agree. You know, I think it's cliche to say that, you know, the international breaks come at a good time, but I think it has, um, you know, um, it's a good time now for sellers just to really knuckle down um, uh, with a lot of, uh, a lot of the players, try, try, try and get some of, some of the more intricate tactics um, across maybe a bit of fitness as well to help out um, in those games as well. Yeah. You know, I guess realistically, you know, this, the season starts, starts now, you could say, um, but, you know, coming up against Bolton and Blackpool, which are obviously two of the top teams. So, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the fixtures we've got coming up, they're not easy fixtures, are they? Bolton, Blackpool, um, next two, and then the games after that: Burton, Northampton, Leighton Orient, and then potentially Oxford. Although I think it's going to get called off. Um, that kind of little run of games there. Yeah, the next two are tough, but then the, the three after that against three teams who, without being disrespectful, Burton, Northampton and Leighton Orient are not big teams, are they? I really think that... That if, was a if bit Paul Lynch, that. It was a bit. <laughs> that was a bit. If you, I think if you have aspirations to finish not in the bottom seven or bottom six or whatever, you, you should be picking up... You shouldn't be losing any of those games as a minimum. Um and really, if you don't get six or seven points from them, it's it's got to be seen as disappointing. Um, the other two, Bolton and Blackpool, who knows? But because we're obviously six games into the season now, we are kind of at a handicap already because even if we do go out in the next five games and pick up, say, nine points, which is a reasonable amount after that, we're still not going to be in the top half of the table probably because we'll still be on what fourteen points from from um, twelve games. So, it, it, like, it's going to take a lot, given that we've basically sacrificed 
over what 15% of the season uh, for an extended preseason because of the fact that he's come in so late. It is a very tough situation. Now it's uh, going to get a little bit tougher for all of us because we're going to have to make our predictions because we didn't do a preseason pod because it was such carnage and it was really impossible to do. So now we've seen a little bit of the season. We have an unusual situation where we can actually make a prediction. I'm going to ask for two things, final position and top goal scorer. So Matt, would you like, I I have a feeling that we're going to be very similar to Derby last year. You know, they, they they had a slow start. They had a very young squad as well. Start to come good towards the end of the season. Nearly out, obviously had a playoff push. Now, I don't think we're going to finish. I think they finished seventh last year. I don't think we're going to finish seventh. But I think ninth, tenth. I think I think I'm I'm going to say ninth. I'm going to be positive on that. I'm going to say ninth. And I think to be honest, if we finish top ten. Uh, like I don't want to sound, I don't want to be kind of phrased as you know being negative and stuff here, but I think a top ten will be a very good season for us this this year. Even if we finish top top half, I think that's very you know commendable. But top ten would be a good season, I'd say, and I think ninth. Um, I'll go with the top goal scorer. Um, I think that Ibishman, Ibishman, I don't still don't know how you say his name, like. People have asked him now on social media multiple times. I don't know, right? We need like, a voice I'm, recording from Kelvin. I'm going to go back. To, I'm going to back to Kelvin for now. I think Kelvin will be top goal scorer. Um, I know we've signed Smith and I know we've signed Ballard, but I think Kelvin just has something about him which I don't. I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but he just has it. If that makes sense, he just has, he knows what he wants. He knows. How, he knows football, and I don't know like what the he best way to explain football. that is. He yeah, knows. He, he knows it. it. I like that. He knows how to be a striker, doesn't he? Like he knows how to play. Because we haven't really seen Sam Smith in his second era in the league, and we haven't seen Ballard at all yet. So no, and so obviously I'm basing it on the last six games slightly, but I, I just got a feeling that he's gonna. I think people expect Smith to come in and then kind of take over the the main striker spot, and I'm. I, I kind of feel like Kelvin's going to fight for it a bit more than people are expecting almost. I think Smith needs to come in and win it, really. You know, like, I think we, we we discussed this, you know, um, a few a few weeks back on the podcast that, you know, what actually happens when when Smith comes back? Because, you know, we're all thinking, does he swap with with um, Ia Bishman? Vickers stays there. Now you've got Ballard there as well. You you kind of anticipate Ballard would be, you know, that, that second striker that plays up with them. I think Smith is going to have to win it. Um, you know, from Ia Bishman, he's had a fantastic start, and you know, rightfully I think deserves to kind of have that that number one um, uh, kind of or no, number one striker role. But um, but yeah, what position are we finishing, Paul? Uh, well, first of all, I want your season prediction. Oh, nearly got out of that one there. Seven. <laughs> Seven. I said nineteenth before the season, but I've been really impressed with what I've seen. Um, oh, that's a big jump of hope, isn't it? That is, yeah, wow. I think- there's there's two reasons to it. I think I think we look better than I expected us to, and I think the quality of League One is really average. Um, you don't have to do a lot to win win games in this division. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think we've played especially well so far in in most games, and yet we haven't really been outplayed. If that makes sense in in any games, I don't think. I don't think any team has completely outplayed us. Port Vale, Port Vale aside, which yeah. like I'm willing just yeah. to kind of write off and forget about it, given yeah. I agree. given the situation but 
I don't think we're getting outplayed by teams. So I don't, I don't really think the teams in League One are like hugely high quality necessarily. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we'll probably, I think we might just miss out on the playoffs and finish seventh. Um, with a like, Sellers seems to be thinking a, a reasonably good second half of the year. You're well, going I hope you're both right. Season, Sorry, Matt. No, I was saying Alex is going for a full derby of last season. <laughs> he is, yeah. Right. Are we going to have last day heartbreak as well? I mean, no, no, I'm going to go with. I'm gonna, I can't. I can't be dealing with that. We'll. We'll. We'll have already missed out. They'll already. They'll be set before then. This is Reading FC. We can do heartbreak so. in so many different ways. Uh, I'm not quite as optimistic. Um, I'm going to say that we are going to finish 15th because that's where I think we're big. Because I think we're going to suffer at some point. We're going to get some injuries. And we're so thin in multiple areas. But I hope I'm wrong. And I'm also going to say our top goal scorer will be Kelvin as well. Because actually, I do think he he gets football. He understands it. So I think that is key. He gets football. He don't really does. <laughs> yeah. so, I think one, one thing with those league predictions is that although I've said 7th and you said 15th, I reckon the, the points difference between 7th and about 18th is going to be minimal it's going to be about seven yeah. or eight points and you can jump 10 12 spots quite easily um so you know a little bit of luck here and there and you can easily see yourself finishing in fifth or sixth or and you know a bit of bad luck and you can see yourself finishing 16th this season that's how close all these teams are i think in league one yeah well i hope you're both far more accurate than me i don't want to finish 15th at all But thanks a lot for listening. And if you've enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. We'll be back with a preview for our match on Saturday, which is against Bolton Wanderers. And we'll also have a post-match. Hopefully we are talking about a win. Please just make it happen.